0: Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker.
1: Welcome to the Elk Shape Podcast. I'm Dan Staten. This is your blue collar, do it yourself self guided public land elk hunting learning curve resource where we leverage hunting to create more personal development. Our goal is to educate and encourage our listeners to become the best possible version of themselves through hard work, delayed gratification, and being accountable to themselves. Elk Shape Podcast with me, Dan the Fitness Man. This podcast is a bonus cast. This podcast was not scheduled to happen, but things happen for a reason. And once you listen to this podcast, you may never be the same. And I hope you listen to this podcast and you take from it something positive. It makes you think and it makes you look at yourself. I'm certainly going to do the same and continue to reflect on what I've learned, and try to be better. Today's podcast is my official State of the Union address to all elk hunters who hunt on public land. If you guys know a little bit about me, you probably figured out I'm a fairly straightforward, straight shooter, transparent, show-my-cards kind of guy. I have a couple of mottos These mottos are things that I just try to tell myself uh, to stay sharp, to stay strong, and to keep driving. When I'm elk hunting, I've always told myself that the only easy day was yesterday. And that's just code for me to tell myself to keep hustling, to never feel sorry for myself, and to most importantly keep grinding because that's the only thing I know to bring about elk hunting success. I never want to look at yesterday and have that little voice tell me, man, Yesterday was so hard, it's going to affect today's performance. Every day is a gift. The slate is wiped clean. It's ready for a new 100%, 110% effort, and I love that about elk hunting. The other motto that I say to myself when I hunt public land, which is pretty much all I do, is that No one else's success will get in the way of my success. And that allows me or that has enabled me to have a positive attitude when running into other fellow public land hunters or running into several trucks at a trailhead. It's just a nice way to remind myself that, hey, Dan, you're in control of you, your effort, your attitude, and that's it. You can't control what other people do. And in this case today, what other people say. And it's just a nice way for me to avoid any jealousy or any envy or any bad blood and to stay in my own lane and to focus on what I control. And I've already said that. This state of the union is about what is your identity. I think a lot of people get wrapped up in their identity in the elk hunting world, such a small little world. And you can get wrapped up into your ego, the machismo, the testosterone of I got to kill the biggest bull on the mountain because everybody knows me as the biggest bull killer or whatever that identity is. Uh, Trust me, it's happened to me, but I know my identity. I am saved. I am saved by the grace of God. I've met Jesus. I'm a husband. I'm a father. Everything underneath that does not define me. Guess what? elk hunting's underneath that. Yeah, it's true. I'm elk shape and I run an elk shape business. I do elk shape camps and I go on other people's podcasts and all that jazz. But at the end of the day, I'm Avery and Tristan's daddy and I'm Alicia's husband and I'm Dan created in God's image and I fail every day. I'm not perfect. I'm hundred percent human. I make poor decisions. I sin. And I ask for forgiveness. My identity is not elk shape or how many elk I kill or how big a bull I kill. And I challenge you to think about what is your identity or what has been tricking you into thinking this is your identity because it's not. Figure out who you are and what you stand for. Speaking of standing, what kind of man refuses to defend his honor? That's what I had to ask myself before I hit record today. And I am the kind of man that will defend my honor. We'll get to that in a second. We also live in a day and age where the internet is so prevalent and that you can type, comment, whatever you want with zero accountability and zero repercussions. Come to find out that you can actually go on someone's podcast and talk poorly about someone's character without saying their name, knowing who you're talking about, knowing that they will hear the podcast. Well, there will be accountability and there will be repercussions because I'm here to defend my honor. And that's only a small portion of today's podcast because today is my state of a union address to public land elk hunters. We have to unite. Unity is the only thing that's going to save elk hunting, to save hunting across the board. Non-hunters, uninitiated, undecided, indifferent, people that don't really say yay or nay on hunting, but they do go to the ballot box. It is up to us To shine a positive light on hunting. And guess what? They don't care about how many elk you kill or the size of the elk you kill. They don't. The only commonality, the only common ground, the only common denominator is food. Elk provide food. Wild game is a great nutritional food source. It's a renewable resource. We are conservationists. Elk meat is found in nature. It is organic. It is grass-fed. It does not have antibiotics. It does not have different immunities, things injected into it that were artificial. This is the way that nature intended us to get our lean protein sources from ungulates. We spend money on hunting tags, hunting licenses, conservation stamps, archery permits. We pay to play. There's no charge to go hiking. Rarely is there a charge to go backpacking. We are the ones that pay to play. Our money is where our mouth is. We support conservation and this renewable resource. Hunters are key for the benefit of every state's wildlife. They're your wildlife. They're my wildlife. That's your land. That's my land. We have to have a talk today about public land. I also want to talk today and show you how to resolve conflict, and I want to show you how to defend your honor, and I want to make you think that is my goal on today's podcast. This is a different podcast, but this is my podcast. The first thing I'm going to say is if you want to know what I'm talking about, you're going to have to listen to someone else's podcast that they published. They had a guest on there. They talked about me on the podcast without ever saying my name. And if you do the math, you're going to be able to figure out who the guest was, whose podcast it is, and that they're talking about me. And I would encourage you to go ahead and stop, hit pause. You know this podcast is going to be fire, but take a pause and go spend two hours and nine minutes and listen to Cody Rich's podcast, episode 475. I don't think he's taking it down. You'll be able to see who his guest is. I'm going to talk about this guest. We're going to just get this stuff handled, but we're going to make a whole bunch of positivity out of this. I don't have an ax to grind. I seriously don't. Both those individuals on this other podcast are elk hunters and really good ones. And I, although was angry at first, I've come down and I've relaxed and I've prayed and I've chilled out and I've talked to good friends, including my father, and and I've gotten some good advice and here's where I am today. I'm gonna make this a positive thing and I'm gonna make it a learning point I'm going to take it on the chin a little bit. I'm also going to defend my honor a little bit, but I'm going to bring it back to this is my union address, like unity amongst elk hunters staying together in a hopes that we have elk hunting for generations and generations. My kids' kids will be able to elk hunt. And again, I cannot reiterate this enough. I do not have an ax to grind. I'm not going to bed at night bitter. And I give both these individuals the benefit of the doubt. I did think long and hard about what I should say as far as, you know, my side of the story and how I could keep it positive and how I could create a learning lesson for other people and how I can make sure that we are not going to be choosing sides because that's just not how you stay together. Again, I'm Dan, Dan Staten, saved by Jesus. I make mistakes every day. I'm not perfect I'm not even a role model. Now, there's some things I do that you could definitely emulate that will lead to more success in your life. Things like the discipline, the consistency, the hunger, the drive. Those I didn't invent, but those are principles that I follow. But I definitely make mistakes. I say stupid things. I do things I shouldn't do. But I, I always ask for forgiveness, and I always try to make things right. But, man, this life is short. I want people to remember me for being honest, straightforward, with no fluff. So let's get into it. Let's get this figured out. Let's put it to bed. Let's move forward. And let's keep working hard towards our goals. So I'm going to play for you guys a few sound bites from this podcast. Um, I got to preface a few things and we'll go from there. Uh, I want to be real straightforward that uh, once I heard the podcast, I did call the guest left a voicemail to give me a shout, haven't heard back. And I contacted the host because I felt like he clicked the publish button and he knew who the guest was talking about. And I thought maybe I he had a little more respect and would reach out to me first. Um, when I got a hold of the host, he basically just said in a text that he's not going to get in the middle of this. And then I replied, you're in the middle of this as soon as you hit publish on a public platform, there will be accountability. And that's all I'm saying in this whole thing is I just wanna hold people accountable, including myself. And hopefully all you can learn from this and know that uh, uh, we're gonna just move forward. So here are the sound bites, they are chopped up, they're not uh, in any wrong order, they're actually in chronological order and I didn't get all of them and I don't have the time to sit there for two hours and nine minutes and break each one apart, but uh, here are the sound bites and then when they're over, we're going to get on here and get this figured out.
2: You know what else I think really, like, the only negative thing I come from this season with is what has happened to the etiquette of the <sighs> Um, Dude. From the standpoint of, be it an everyday Joe from Butte, Montana to the I have to kill something to put it on my Instagram crowd. I, I feel like and, and I had interactions this year with, with some people that are are very prominent on the internet that just randomly showed up at my spot. I don't know if it was to their it's own accord. You're famous, and you're beard I'm and not everything. famous. You're I'm just famous. I'm just an average guy that that haunts a shitload. And um, these individuals that, that just randomly showed up, I mean It's obvious. It's it's it's, to me. It seems obvious that they were pointed there by somebody that maybe has been jealous of a. I mean, it is, and it's like you know what, dude. That's that's business. That's everything. So here here's the here's the situation. I've hunted this area for six seven years. I've found incredible success. I've killed shit seven bulls. The smallest being like three ten. The biggest being just shy of 380. You know what? If if you wouldn't want it happening to you by <laughs> Gee, somebody, don't do it to somebody else. <laughs> That's fair. That's actually pretty solid advice all
0: the way around. Right? Yeah. I mean,
2: so, I mean, I'll give you one scenario. Like, I ran into this guy on the glassing Now that I glass. And he's probably going to listen to this podcast. I'm not going to say his name. He he was a really nice guy. I was like, "All right, I'm going to f- wholeheartedly be 100% honest and upfront with this individual." And I've told you who it is. You know who it is. Yeah. So, I'm like I'm I'm, I'm not going to give anything away. It's it's a weird year based on the circumstances. It's 2020. Um it is. It's dude, <laughs> right? Holy shit. Um I'm like I'm going to he's hunting with a guy that that uh, can hunt you know one one area, he this individual can hunt both both areas that I can hunt, and I'm like, okay, well I'm just gonna you know help these guys out. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna yeah. lie to them. I'm not gonna send them someplace where they don't need to be. I'm just gonna be honest, and and it's like we'll just stay out of each other's hair. There's nothing worse than dropping in on a bull and having some dipshit drop in on the opposite side of the basin yeah. of you. So I said, hey. I took the night off from, from walking and hiking and actually being in danger close with potentially some elk to glass. I glassed up two herd bulls on this one ridge, right? And I'm like, I am going to go back in there in the morning. I know where they go to feed hey, from kids, there. I'm gone. We'll I go. know where they go to bed from there. And um, we're going to... I'm going to give it my best. I'm going to go in there soft and light. I'm not going to call a lot. I'm just going to try to catch them at their pinch points, their saddles that they're moving from point A to point B. And I'm like, your hunting partner is hunting a basin that's adjacent to where I'm going. I'll walk in with him in the morning. We're all on the same page. You were on a bull over here. Nice six point. You can go hunt him. Perfect. Awesome. I made a point of going to their camp and like talking to them. To make this plan that morning I show up to walk in with you know gentleman a that's that's going to go in and hunt the basin adjacent to the ridge that that I'm trying to intercept these elk on and I'm like I'm not I told him I'm like I'm the basin is yours anything in the basin I won't pursue I'm just going to catch these animals moving from point a to point b potentially into your basin potentially out of your basin whatever it might be and he's like, oh, okay, cool, man. And they weren't even going to go back to this space. And they, they didn't have any intel on the space. And I said, there's elk there. I guarantee you there's elk there. There's elk there every single year. There's elk there almost every day of every single year. And um, they'd been hunting it a little bit, but hadn't been hunted how I hunt it. And I show up at camp to walk back with this this one gentleman. And the other member of his hunting party had left 45 minutes early to go back to exactly where I told him I was going. (laughs) Like, I'm like, okay, so you're that guy that is so pressured by social media that you have to be successful. You'll kill anything and everything that you can just, just to say you're successful and you're the, you know, to prove you're the best elk hunter. And I'm like, and I'm like, Alright, and I had I had I, I exchanged words with his hunting partner and I'm like, What the fuck? <laughs> it's like how do you tell somebody you're going somewhere uh, go and there. then have him leave early to go there in the morning because you have you put the intel in, you put the time, the scouting into What's know. you done on like the whole like I have, I I've killed two bulls in one year and and I don't know a family of four even adults that I mean you you look at an adult bull. You're looking at three hundred and thirty three pounds. Yeah. Two, just say three hundred. Don't even have to go up above yeah. three hundred. How many days are there in a year? Yeah. Three hundred and sixty five. Are you eating red meat three hundred days a year? <laughs> yeah. I mean and a pound of it? Yeah. I like I like chicken. Yeah. I like yeah. I like pork. I like I mean, I'll eat it all, but there ain't no way I'm cooking out three hundred plus days a year and and if I kill two that means 600 so I mean two pounds of meat a day and it's like some of these guys that buy multiple tags I mean granted yeah they're on some quest or anything like that it's like yeah I did that once I'm like it'd be cool to kill two bulls in one year and I was like yeah never again but it's like take some common courtesy you know what? if you're killing elk just to post it on Instagram, I feel like you're doing it's it a for the wrong reason. Dude. There's it's, nobody that's posting it. Just doing them. Just to post it on Instagram, it's a gray area that I know. people don't. And and then I'm bitter. Not, I'm being very bitter about it. The whiskey's gone. Whiskey's not gone. There's a third of a bottle left. Was that new? Was that a new bottle? Yeah. Okay. So there's that. No. All I right. Guess moral of the story. Don't be a dick. Don't, dude, if, do if you don't want coil. it to happen to you when you're hunting, then don't do it to somebody else. Yeah. That's a broad spectrum, but that's a good start. I mean, it's, it's the age-old thing that people have been telling their kids. Treat others how you want to be treated. I mean, it's simple shit. Yeah. Right? No, that's fair. If you don't care that I'm going to go hunt that same bull that you hear bugle, I mean I don't know if there's anybody that's been like, I, I mean I can I can race you to it because I do CrossFit. <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm really hoping someone else races to me. This. That's not how you kill shit though. You, I mean uh. nobody ever killed shit fast.
1: Okay. You guys heard the sound bites. Um, yeah. I was super disappointed to hear that um, for a lot of reasons. And I don't think I need to break down everything but I kind of want to talk about a few – I'll give a little bit of my side of the story, and then I'm just going to walk away from it. It's just, this is my way of dealing with it and moving on. Etiquette. I probably don't have the best etiquette, but it's so much improved compared to when I first started elk hunting. And the very first time I ran into this gentleman, I believe he didn't have any etiquette. And I'll explain the story, and I think he would agree to some degree that, this is literally how it went down. It was September fourth, twenty twenty. I was uh parked at the end of a two track and then I walked up to the top of these kind of rocked out cliffy spot. It's an obvious glassing spot. It's a great managed spot. I was there well before first light. Parked and in the rocks getting set up with my tripod, my bi- you know, my binos, spot and scope, waiting for the sun to to come up and I see I see a rig coming down the road and the road dead ends kind of where my four-wheeler was parked on a steep hill and this rig pulled up right next to my four-wheeler guy gets out gets all his stuff out and walks right next to me like no eye contact made no hello no good morning just walks about 15 yards past me a little higher and sets up his glassing equipment and I was like wow okay no words were exchanged we both continued to glass for as the light would permit. And it was a just a typical morning in the Oak Woods glassing. And after about an hour, I was like, man, I need to go say what's up to this other hunter and just make sure, um, you know, be cordial, be respectful. So i walk up to him and he immediately recognized me and said, Oh, Hey, Dan Staten. So, um, he was wearing a mask. Uh, so he pulls the mask down and, uh, I recognized him. And I remember I made a joke because I, I've met him before in person. I knew he was a very good elk hunter. And when I saw him, I was actually really surprised because uh, he had a beard that I had, he didn't have before. And I was like, hey, Is that you? Oh, wow, cool. I'm in a good elk spot. Ha, ha, ha. And I th- tried to make it, you know, kind of light, but um, I was surprised to see him. I don't think that was very good etiquette on his part to just pull up and walk right next to somebody, glass right above him i mean within 15 yards and not say hi or good morning or hey do you mind if i glass next to you or how how you doing so that's not very good etiquette but that didn't really bother me i didn't dwell on it um and then we got to talking and we hit it off and things were going great so that part he he left out of our first encounter he also left out the last time we talked in the woods which i thought was like imperative and which is why i didn't think anything like this would happen where he would probably go on a public platform and kind of talk bad about my character without ever really saying my name. I almost preferred that he would have just said my name, um, but he didn't, so that's fine. Uh, The incident that he's referring to is, for the most part, true, where I made a mistake and basically um, went right where he wanted to go I don't believe he would uh, – well, I don't know if he would actually believe me if I told him this because I did in person. I didn't know you were going to this exact spot. We kind of got our wires crossed a little bit, but the bottom line is I'll own it. I went to where he was wanting to go one of the days, and it turned out that really upset him. And it to him, it appeared that I was that guy just – selfish going to hunt where he wanted to. And that couldn't be any further from the truth. So to give a little bit of a backstory and not, again, I want to go fast on this. I don't want to spend an entire podcast on this, but, um, when I first met and I'm going to say his first name, because that's just how I roll. When I met Ben, he, uh, on the mountain, we talked and I got to know the story that he had kind of basically stuck a really good bull and with his Idaho tag, and, um, uh, the bull went into Montana and I know Ben would be disappointed to hear me say that because it gives away his spot, but it's all public land. And, uh, but he did have a bull stuck a few days back, uh, back and was looking for it still. And it was kind of in the heart of the drainage that, uh, we had set up our camp to hunt and out of respect for him. And I've been there before where you s- stick a good bull and you're trying to find it. And I think he had done everything, but I think he'd even gritted at this point. And he was just kind of living on hope that he could find and recover that bull. We agreed to stay out of that area. And in exchange for that, he gave us a bunch of fresh intel. He knows this spot. As you listened on the podcast, he's killed all really big bulls there and um, knows it real well. And guys, he's a phenomenal elk hunter, really sharp, uh, does things differently, very calculated, um, just a phenomenal elk hunter. All props to him. And so we stayed out of his little area and he sent us to a couple other ones. And us being my cameraman had an elk tag too for Montana. And so cameraman goes one way. I go the other. We meet back up. He really likes his spot that he went. I don't really like mine. We go over there and it's right behind our camp. So we actually picked a really good spot to camp because we would have hit the spot anyways. It's pretty obvious. Like it's, just, it's a great spot to go from where we were set up. And, uh, we dug it. And so we started hunting at opening day, which was September 5th in Montana, 2020. And we got into great elk hunting. Um, I'm just going to fast forward to where, uh, Ben came to our camp one evening and informed us of his plan. And his plan was to go where we had been. And as soon as he said that, I was like, oh man, I don't know. He kind of wanted me to go somewhere else. And, uh, I really didn't know what to do as far as which way to go. So I was just like, I'm going to sleep on it, wake up in the morning and figure out where to go. And I do that sometimes, just kind of go off the instinct. But him and Jake had made plans to go together and hunt this one bull. This one bull was my understanding. And this bull is not very big and it holds a lot out. And so in the morning I got up, uh, Jake got up and I was like, all right, man, I'm going to go out in front of you guys, but I'm not going to hunt the bull. I'm going to head down to that first ridge and I'm going to take it all the way down to the bottom of the canyon and see if I can get those elk crossing. And, uh, I left super early. Jake waited for Ben to get to camp and Ben got there somewhere around 6am ish. And he left his binos back at his camp. So he had to go back to his camp, get his binos and then come back. Jake waited for him. Jake's a great guy. And they hiked in together towards the bowl. When they got to the bowl, uh, Ben informed Jake that, Hey, there's the bowl. It's all you. I'm going to head down this Ridge. And Jake was like, Oh, okay. Um, Jake didn't say, Oh, well, Dan went down that Ridge or whatever. Um, Jake didn't have to I don't think he has to tell Ben that but Ben eventually saw me sneaking in on the elk and then sent me an in-reach message telling me I'm a jerk. Uh, I'm paraphrasing here, but he definitely communicated that he was upset and I think I responded but I didn't like I really didn't think it was that big of a deal. I didn't intentionally do that on purpose to mess him up. I'm not that guy and I always tell myself your success will not get in the way of my success uh, but I I definitely, felt bad. And, uh, Jake and I continued to hunt this little area for the next two days. And we noticed that Ben no longer came to our camp every night, which he had been. And I was like, all right, Jake, here's the deal. Ben is not happy with us. We're in his quote spot, uh, that we, that he said on the podcast that we stumbled upon. And and I do want to address that. I guess I'll do that now. Um, Ben, I've been hunting antelope in the valley for the last five years. And this was the first year I had an Idaho tag down there. So I've seen these bulls in from the valleys while antelope hunting. And you're damn right. I was going to come up there. I've been eyeing it. And I finally quit North Idaho. And this was my first year in Southeast Idaho. And I was like, I'm getting an oak tag and I'm going to hunt here is one of my spots. I did a lot of e-scouting. Jake and I actually were in where you met me on the glassing spot. We had a trail camera on both sides of that ridge that we put out in early July on our way to tack. There's a YouTube video documenting that. Uh, We had a couple other trail cameras. We were eyeing this spot. Um, Nobody told us, it's not that hard. E-scouting's not that hard anymore. So um, I didn't appreciate that, but that's besides the point. I don't really, whatever you think is fine. But uh, no one told us about your spot. Uh, I've been hunting there for about five years, like I said, for antelope and been seeing the elk. And this was my first year with the elk tag for that unit. And uh, I was excited. So, uh, talked to Jake and was like, man, Ben's upset. Here's what I wanna do. I said, we can find elk somewhere else. Ben is in the hunting industry as a sales rep. He's a really good elk hunter. And he's really the last person I wanna have as an enemy or a frenemy. I'd like to have him as an ally. He's really good elk hunter. I'd like to do some project with him, with the elk collective. And obviously he's upset. Let's just pack our stuff up and go. And so we packed everything up and we're getting ready to leave. And I was like, you know what, Jake, I'm going to go see if I can find Ben's camp. It's kind of hidden somewhere, but I'm going to go find it and just talk to him man to man and make sure we're cool. So I drove all the way over, found his camp. He was there. Thank God. Talked to him for an over an hour. The cliff notes version is I left there shaking his hand. I definitely apologized. I thought he understood I made a mistake. We seemed to be cool, and I was excited because he had the whole rest of the month to hunt there, and we wouldn't mess it up for him, and I thought it was the the right thing to do, Um, and to me, I felt like that was good etiquette, and I uh, didn't think that uh, he would come on that podcast and not mention that last conversation. I mean, he said I was a nice guy, but he really didn't, Uh, so that was frustrating for me. For him not to mention the etiquette of him on the glassing spot the very first time we met in the woods and then the last time when we talked, he didn't mention that. But that's that's okay. I don't have an axe to grind, Ben. I, I really don't. Um, a couple things you said upset me. Uh, you probably don't care. But first thing I'm going to talk about is elk meat, which I consider gold. And elk meat is something that I feed my family. And my family does not just mean my wife and my two kids, and we do eat several servings of elk meat a day. And I think it kind of mentioned something about not needing to kill three elk, and uh, and only doing it for Instagram or something, or to say that I'm the world's best elk hunter, which I am not. I'm just a guy who tries hard. But I tell you what, man, nobody should ever disrespect a hunter who kills elk legally. If I had ten elk tags and killed ten bulls and had did it all legal, no one should say otherwise. You should again. Hunters got to unite, like, more props to those guys who get more elk meat or whatever. Think about the position I'm in. Like, we'll definitely eat on two elk this year. And that last elk I killed, I get to give some of the meat to my mom. She's single, lives by herself. I will give meat to my dad and my stepmom. They love elk meat. I have two sisters, each with kids. They'll be able to enjoy it with their families. Um, My cameraman didn't get an elk this year. I want to give him some elk meat. I'll be able to donate that third bull. And that is totally my call, no one else's. So nobody has the right to tell you if you're doing something that uh, they don't agree with. Like they can state their opinion, but don't, I don't think it's bringing hunters together. And furthermore, I know for a fact that Ben had two elk tags this year, which he could have t- killed two bulls, one in each state. And he's got a bison tag in Montana. What if he had killed two elk and a bison? He would be a hypocrite for telling me that I don't need to kill – hunters don't need to kill three bulls in three states. The whole Instagram thing and the need to kill for Instagram is also not me. I'm an elk hunter through and through. I live for this. And if I have three legal elk tags that I paid my hard-earned money for, no one should be able to clown that. And I think I don't have to really go over that nobody kills for Instagram. I know this that even Rich didn't agree with you on that, but uh, maybe it was just out of bitterness. But I tell you what, man, don't clown people for killing rag bulls either. I'm happy to shoot a rag bull all day, every day. It never gets old to me. And I would never clown on anyone who doesn't kill an elk because they're trophy hunting and holding out for the biggest, baddest, oldest bull. I respect that. And I would never be like, Yeah. Your freezer's empty. I would never say that. Like I respect all hunters for for their style. You shoot a cow, high five. You shoot a spike, high five. Rag bull, great. Uh, My success isn't defined by how many elk I kill, how many inches of bone are in the rafters in my garage. None of that. My success is defined by did I put forth the best effort I could every second of every day, with no regrets. That's truly how I define my success. And I think new hunters listening should also set the stage for their hunts where you have defined expectations of what success will be. Have you ever killed an elk before? Well, no. Well, then your goal is to have 10 different encounters in that 10 day hunt. Or your goal is to get drawn back. Maybe you don't get a shot, but to get within archery distance of an elk or have a couple call-ins. whatever it is, everyone's success is different. Never judge anyone by their success or how they do it. Again, it doesn't bring hunters together. It just adds division and we can't afford that in this day and age, especially in this political climate. So the meat argument, uh, was very hypocritical and I didn't randomly show up. I think etiquette wise, I screwed up and you did too. Um, And I wished you'd mentioned our first encounter and our last encounter, and you didn't. And then for the gentleman who owns the podcast, uh, I've been on his podcast. He's been on mine actually recently. Really enjoy a lot of what he puts out content-wise. I enjoy his backcountry fuel box. I enjoy his elk hunting prowess. I enjoy that he's a family man. Both these guys are family men. Both these guys have awesome families, and both these guys love elk hunting. And again, I don't have an axe to grind, so there's a lot of commonality there. I think we just maybe sometimes some machismo or that public land, uh, protectiveness, aggressiveness gets the best of all of us. I've been there. And so it's it's a learning lesson for us all put your ego aside and elk hunt, truly find out why you elk hunt. What is it about it that makes you tick? What is it that defines a successful hunt? Why do you keep going out there and know that you're promoting hunting? Make sure you're doing it in a positive light, not in a negative light. Be respectful of others. Obviously I screwed up. Maybe my, I shouldn't say my success will never get in the way of your success. And I don't know if I've necessarily thought about that because, uh, Apparently it has. And I don't want to get in other people's way. I want them to have their best experience possible. We're all doing this because we love this stuff, man. And so I just wanted to take the time on this podcast to defend my honor. I wanted to do it as respectable as possible. I don't want a bunch of division. You guys, this, me, that. I want all of us to learn from this and that, hey, man, Guys who are very seasoned veteran elk hunters can still get into, you know, conflict in the mountains, and there's there's good ways to handle it not. I felt like I handled it my best I could, making sure to go find him before I left the mountain, and obviously that wasn't sufficient because the dude came on the podcast and was still very bitter about it, and um, that sucks, man, because I was hoping that we would be friends but we're probably not going to be after this. So that's fine, I guess. But I will say to both those gentlemen, Hey, my phone is open. Both you have my number. We can call, talk it out. I'm up for being friends. Um, a new slate wiped clean, whatever, man. Um, and I want to encourage all you guys out there listening that, Hey, if you have beef with somebody, if you have a conflict, if you have a problem, like don't let the sun set. If you're mad at someone like, reach out and get it covered, like get it done, get it figured out. Life is too short to hold a grudge. Life is too short to have an ax to grind. It is. And we're all cut from the same cloth because we love that elk hunting stuff, man. It's the best. And we got to do our best to keep elk hunting alive in this day and age. You know, I was thinking about some of the hunters I look up to and some of my friends and, you know, I can't help but think of my buddy Ryan Lampers. Um, I met him in the mountains hunting public land, and we were able to get along pretty well. We actually hit it off and became friends, and we eventually went on a hunt together about six years later. I, and I, I've just been so impressed with his ability to harvest some of the biggest, most baddest animals. But you would never tell that's his identity because Ryan is the most humble guy you'll ever meet. And for you young bucks coming up or for anyone out there who puts down big animals, just remember, he who exalts himself will be humbled. He who humbles himself will be exalted. And in case in point, Ryan Lampers, he's never tooting his own horn. He's hes somebody everyone should look up to. He does things the right way. He works really hard. He works year-round. He's very stealthy, hence the name. And, uh, guys like that is who I want to emulate guys that work hard and stay humble. And I am not perfect. So don't, I am not standing up here looking down on anyone today, guys, not at all. I've had my identity wrapped up in, in big bulls or whatever. Um, I've bragged before that I've killed several bulls in a season multiple times. And, you know, Maybe people take offense to that. And so if people want to find out how many elk I've killed, they can go figure it out. Just mix in some more humility, Dan, and keep working hard and emulate things that are positive and stay positive and stay transparent and just, just know this, guys. My intent on this podcast today is to basically hold a couple guys accountable but also let them know that I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. I'm not here to to start a grudge war. I'm here to be real and authentic and to promote hunting in a positive light. So where do we go from here? Well, I can tell you there's some things I need to adjust on my game. I need to be more cognizant of communicating better with other hunters. Um, I know that there's a lot of hunters in the woods and just try to work around others better. I know that I can cover a lot of ground using my fitness, and I didn't bother me that they made fun of CrossFit. By the way, on that podcast, it did not bother me. Um, I feel limitless in the mountains when I'm hunting. I feel like there's not a ridge I can't get to. But you do have to appreciate that when you can cover that much ground, you might be infringing upon other people's setups and things like that. I typically don't vocalize much when I elk hunt, anyways, so it's not really. There's not much of a giveaway that to know that I'm in the mountains. Um, but when I hear other artificial bugles, and I think it, maybe it's a Doug Flutie, I do try to like skirt away from that. And that happened this year. I woke up out of a spike camp in Wyoming. Um, we hiked 16 miles. That's no exaggeration. We had one horse, three guys, half our gear on the horse, half the gear on our back. We hiked in 16 miles. We set up a camp. And... Uh, This actually happened twice in Wyoming, but this first one was the worst because 16 miles in, we set up a spike camp, and then we got into the sickest bugle fest ever the last two hours of daylight, and I didn't get a single bull killed because I suck, and they were all six points, and it was like six or seven different herd bulls, each with cows, and – we didn't really booger the place too bad, but we uh, we knew they'd be right back there in the morning. So we could hardly sleep. We got up early and we snuck in there just as it was getting light. We were kind of set up to right where the elk were coming. And then I heard a Doug Flutie, another hunter, bugling right 100 yards in front of us. And I remembered looking at Jake going, OK, these guys can have these elk. We're going to go around them and then we'll get to the next elk. They'll be coming this way. And these guys, man, they freaking killed the bull, one of the bulls. And there wasn't a single bugle after that. They had a dead bull. They were cutting him up, high-fiving, packing it out. No bugles the rest of the day. And I was like super stoked for them. And I was also super disgruntled that we had worked so hard and overcommitted to one spot. But that was a case in point where we did the right thing and we didn't interfere with their hunt. And then we actually met the guys and they were from Oregon and they were awesome. And I was super happy for them. And that's something to be proud of. So, this public land dilemma. Play well with others in the sandbox. Do the right thing. Try to communicate. Don't do what I did and think you're doing something right, and then have it turn out you completely screwed someone else's morning hunt up. Um, I think I did do the right thing in going and leaving the area, and uh, and and trying to make amends, but. Um, apparently my apology wasn't enough. And so you just never know how your actions affect other people. And I know I teach my kids this, that you can't make everyone happy. Not everyone's going to like you and that's okay, but it's not okay for us hunters to take, tear down other hunters. I know that there's Instagram accounts that are set up just f- for that. And they call a lot of people out and there's some pretty good accountability in there. But at the end of the day, we need to stick together. There's more people against us than for than for us. And there's a lot of people that vote that are uninitiated, undecided. And the last thing we need to, do, to see is hunters bickering against hunters. And uh, we just got to stick together. So I want to end it with this. Think about what you can do to be a better public land steward, conservationist, and peer to other hunters. Be happy for other people's success. Don't judge people by the size of the elk that they killed. Be happy for them. We're all hunters. Some people dig trophy hunting. Respect it. It's a ridiculous challenge. And it takes a lot of skill and experience to do that. Some people just want to shoot an elk. That's cool. Respect it. You were there once before too. That's really all I'm saying. Defend your honor. Know your identity. Give other people the benefit of the doubt. It's not wrong to hold people accountable and let them know there are repercussions. Don't have an ax to grind with somebody. Try to have your best etiquette. Elk meat is delicious and you guys are awesome. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you on the next one.